This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Hey, John, will you give us that intro lick? Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I looked some stuff up on Wikipedia, watched some YouTube about it, and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Drondale. Hey, it's episode 50, David. It's episode 50. It's episode cool. 50. Yeah, and we also got our first tattoo patron. That's true. We did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got somebody who <laughs> paid us to get a tattoo put on Dexter. Yeah. And then also be... have money left over for the show as well, it's, it's is the idea. Be, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And I'm so excited to get it. Have you talked to her at all about? Yeah, what? I figured it out. I think we're gonna do a reveal, like on the okay or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think. I mean, we. I plan on trying to live stream this. I okay. mean, it's ultimately up to Dexter. I think but it's I'm a willing good, to I think be it's a, there. I think in it's the a room good idea and live stream this. Um, yeah, we'll so do it. I think we should tease it now, just in case anybody wants to actually watch you, yeah. you get inked by. The fire patron the, remotely. The it's almost like she's the artist. She paid the artist. It's like a hit on your skin. <laughs> yeah. With a needle. Um. Yeah. What are we gonna learn about? Giant pandas. Giant pandas. That's yeah. my second favorite kind of panda. <laughs> All right. You want to? You want to ditch this whole thing? And go with red pandas? Nah. Let's talk about giant pandas. <laughs> they're I think pretty, they're pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um. So we're going to do some introduction stuff. Then we're going to talk about bamboo and panda lifestyle. Then we're going to talk about panda breeding. And then we're going to end with a little bit about panda diplomacy. Panda diplomacy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's such a cool motion. So yeah, here's the introduction stuff. Uh, pandas, they're big old bears that live in bamboo, bamboo forests in China. And hmm. they're super cute. And they pretty much all they do is eat bamboo and sleep. I think... I think they're being moved into their own family, independent of bears. Oh, really? Just by their lonesome. Oh, I didn't see that. But you think they're being taken out of Earth today? They're closer to bears than they are raccoons. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. For a while, yeah, they were. And for a while, red pandas were grouped with them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just weird. Like, so I guess I guess the take home is that genetically they're kind of strange, yeah. and they don't fit well um within they have a lot of bear-like traits within the ursidae family yeah it's possible it's possible basically that they diverged from all other modern bears earlier than any other modern bear which is to say that like all other bears are more closely related to each other than the panda is related to any one of them yeah yeah i think that's a good way to put it so it's kind of up in the air right now whether we want to keep them grouped in with them or whether we want to, you know, because categories are human made. Yeah, yeah, they, they're absolutely. they're just indicative of things in nature, but they're not natural. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about bamboo and panda lifestyle. Yeah. Um. Some four million years ago, pandas' ancestors were carnivorous, and uh, pretty much everything now nowadays about them is directly related to eating bamboo. Wow, I had no idea that they were carnivorous that recently. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, like four million years ago. Yeah. And uh, bamboo comprises 99% of a wild panda's diet. And bamboo is like super nutrient poor. Yep. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's, it's all oh, so it's fibrous. It's yeah. just super fibrous. And it's super it's, low in protein, too. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. It's low in a lot of the things a big mammal needs. Like, it's amazing to me that they can synthesize all the amino acids they need. Well, oh, not yeah. all of. I guess that's where that 1% comes yeah, in, right? Yeah, they've been seen like eating like lizards and like stuff oh, okay, like that. Okay, yep. So every once in a and, while like, they have other to fruits. refresh some of those in amino captivity, acids. In captivity, they give them a bunch of other different fruits and stuff. Okay. Um, or regularly give them. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, because they were recently carnivorous, they don't have the extra long gut that's filled with specialized bacteria that breaks down the fibrous p- plant parts. Okay, that makes them similar to the rabbits. Yeah, yeah, The exactly. rabbits have to eat their poop, which is called a cecophate, right after it comes out, and then they digest it a second time. It's yeah. because unlike cows, they can't digest it in their foregut. They recently evolved the ability to digest it in their hindgut, which means mm. that they have to poop it out in order to actually get the nutrients for them. Yeah, um, but panda's strategy is just to eat a fuck ton of it. Okay, like, they eat around 20 to 40 pounds of bamboo a day. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know they're heavy. That's but like, like, well, that's... That's, that's like almost a fifth of their body weight. Holy cow. Something like, that big eating that much of its body weight. Yeah. Like you're used to small things eating a lot of their body exactly. weight, but not something that big. Um, and they spend over. They must poop a lot. Yeah, yeah. They poop over a hundred times a day. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just let it go all they, the time. Then they're they just even, like pooping. Yeah, they even poop while they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you would have to if you're eating twenty yeah. pounds of food a day. You're gonna have to poop. You can't yeah. just like not poop for eight hours. Yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they spend. Like almost half of every over, like well over half of every day eating bamboo. Like they follow a cycle where they eat for eight hours and then sleep for four hours, <laughs> and then eat for eight hours and then sleep for four hours. You would think about how big your jaw muscles are to well, just yeah. like masticate that. That's much. why they. Just that's like, why pandas have those huge cheek, cheek, those huge cheeky faces. Okay, they have that's why they're so cute. Is because they have there. huge. Jaw muscles, yeah. So they masseters, can, yeah. I think is the jaw muscle that would be involved. Masseters, masseter. Oh, cool. Um, also, they have, um, like the wrist bones on their front paws have adapted to become like enlarged and protrude from their other five fingers, and it like protrudes from the palm and it forms what's called a pseudo thumb, yep, or a false thumb, or a false thumb. This is why. Um, for a while, they were grouped with the red panda because the red panda also, also has, has the th- false thumb. thumb. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, they pretty much work just like our thumbs. They can just like grab stuff and be really dexterous with it. Except like, it's that not, it's not it's opposable. Not, it's not. Or sorry, no, it is opposable. It is a, it's just not um, bendable. It's uh, not bendable, but it is opposable posable, because yeah. it's just a single bone. Okay. It's one single bone that comes out. Uh, so it's not bendable, but it is opposable. So yeah. like. If you're not familiar with what opposable actually means, it just means that it goes opposite all your other digits. That's oh, all opposable means. I wasn't is it means that you that. can form like a vice with it. Mm. Like so, think about the word opposable. Yeah, yeah, opposing. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, we already talked about how much they shit, but so their shit's just like full of undigested bamboo bits. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
It'd be like, I mean, it's it's ninety nine percent bamboo. Yeah. The poop is along with like whatever like body waste you get rid of, like red blood cells or whatever. Yeah, like they can't store enough energy, like at all. So unlike, like they don't even hibernate. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they just make how would it, they? Yeah, they what just, are they gonna fatten up on? Exactly, they have to fucking eat. Imagine 20 if pounds you had to fatten up on day. celery. That'd be <laughs> exactly. damn difficult. No shit. Um. And uh, their coloration might be camouflage in response to the fact that they can't hibernate. So, like, they have the white patches for, like, snowy, snowy times. And then they have the dark patches for, like, being in, like, dark, damp forests and stuff. Okay. Like, summer. That's, like, a it also, theory. <clears throat> like It also just, like, anytime you have sharp contrasts like that, like, with zebras... Mm. Um, in fact, I think the zebra effect would kind of work for pandas. So zebras are meant not to camouflage in with the grass, but with each other. But for pandas, what you have is a living in a bamboo forest, the shade and light areas would oh, make stripey patterns. I see what and you mean. so what you could do is or kind break of more blotchy up. patterns even. <clears throat> yeah. You could break up the shape of the outline yeah of the outline of yourself by creating very contrasting shadow and light areas so like if there's a very light shadow and light area and then a very dark one next to it it's easy for an animal to misperceive that as and and as two separate shapes that neither of which resemble an animal or yeah, prey yeah that makes sense to me um so but nowadays they don't really have many natural predators Except for, like, occasionally they face problems with leopards or wild dogs. Okay. But, yeah. Um, also, because of, because of, like... Wild dogs, dang. <laughs> yeah, wild dogs. Wild pack family dogs. <laughs> run into yeah, packs. I can see a pack of dogs attacking a panda. Yeah. A lone dog seems yeah, like it would shit. be fucked. Um, of all placental mammals, panda cubs are the tiniest in comparison to their mother. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're tiny because they have such a low metabolism that they have a low blood oxygen level, and so the cubs can actually get more oxygen outside the womb. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. so they're kind of born preemie, basically, Very preemie. because the diet is so <laughs> awful, yeah. but, like, they can't <laughs> they, keep them in there for no. very long. They're like, you they gotta get out. They better outside. <laughs> <laughs> they actually, the womb is a less inviting and hospitable environment than the outside world. Exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, they, Pandas. They weigh only five ounces, or about a thousandth the size of their mom. Holy cow. Yeah. And they're born between 12 and 22 weeks after conception. It their diet is so bad <laughs> that it takes them that long to gestate that little thing. Yeah. Like, by comparison, it takes a dog nine weeks to have a litter, a litter of puppies. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's and it nuts. takes this thing, what did you say, 22? 12 to 22. 12 to 22 weeks? Yeah. And to they're give born birth to one little jelly bean? Blind and hairless. <laughs> Um, two, and you didn't even do that much. I mean, it's so awful in there that you had to get rid of it in order to let it live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Um, two cubs are common, but in the wild, usually only one survives. Oh, okay. Um, and they barely leave their mother's arm for the first three weeks of life, and they can suck loose for as, as much as six hours a day. Huh. Okay. Yeah. 
And wow, that would give you really sore nipples. No shit. I imagine. <laughs> I mean, I guess they just have you're nipples just saying built that. For you're it. just saying I imagine. Well, because I've never had a bear suck on my tit for six hours, <laughs> so all I can do is imagine. But nah, I bet it would hurt. I was trying to imply that you had done that. I haven't though. <laughs> if I had, I would willingly admit it on this podcast because um, that would be something to talk about. Yeah, I would. Uh, so the babies, they're also constantly licked by their mom and the saliva is thought to be a powerful antibiotic, which might be why hand raised baby pandas easily succumb to disease. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it makes sense that it would be a powerful antibiotic because it only is, it's going to be flourishing with the good bacteria that you yeah. want. And where do we Absolutely. get most of our antibiotics? We get them from bi- uh, bacteria. Yeah. Most of our antibiotics are from bacteria and mold creating weapons against each other. Oh, hi. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But also really interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so by about four weeks, they have the distinctive black and white panda markings. Oh, so, so they they're, get, they're just pink. Yeah, they're just okay. pink. Um, they so say, they're, they're... But their skin becomes black and white too, right? I'm not sure. Okay, because I know like... I, I think it probably must. Most... Sorry, excuse me. Most mammals, if you were to shave them, most mammals that I'm aware of, if you were to shave them, you will you will reveal that their skin pattern matches their fur pattern. Huh. Like if you shave a cat or a dog a lot of times, exactly where they have spots, you will that's, see spots on their skin. I think that's true for Lemon. I've shaved her a couple times. Yeah. And she probably has like lighter and darker areas of yeah. her skin that match her fur. Um Yeah. It's because the melanin production in the skin is the same, or the same, um, the melanocytes are the same ones that produce the pigment for the fur. Oh, so I think it almost yeah. necessarily has to be that way mm-hmm. because y- you need the the same melanocytes do both jobs. Yeah, actually. They're the ones that make the pigment. Yeah. Um, so baby mothers stay with their... <laughs> baby mothers. <laughs> baby, I wasn't gonna say anything. Ba- I didn't know what that was. But. Baby, baby, panda, baby mothers. <laughs> baby, panda <laughs> they, baby. Yeah, they uh, just one and done. They're out. They get, They went to the gas station. Wow. Never came back. Um, but the babies they stay with the mom until they're about eighteen months old, and they're usually weaned by nine months. Whoa. Yeah. But after that, they pretty much just live solitary lives and only really meet to fuck. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, like, and they reach sexual maturity like four to six years of age. Man, that, that seems kind of young to be kicked just off. Like, yeah. But, but I guess like when your diet's that poor, you can't afford just like some parasite hanging on <laughs> eating your bamboo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And their range used to cover pretty much the whole southeastern chunk of China. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have a quote from an old Wild China documentary on YouTube about pandas. Um, Not so long ago, pandas also fed in lowland forests as well as the high-altitude forests they're mostly secluded to today because agriculture has taken over their lower range. Yeah. And then there's also deforestation and climate change that has got them into like those tiny dots of range in the map right now they're in isolated like the the panda population isn't a contiguous population no it's actually in several isolated pockets in highland bamboo forests yeah well and the thing about bamboo too is that it uh, basically in the foothills of the himalayas yeah it uh 
bamboo reproduces like every 60 to 100 years, somewhere around there. And the whole, we talked about this in Rat Kings, the whole forest blossoms at the same at time. At the same time. Seeds at the same time, dies at the same time. And so without like a constant range with different species of bamboo for the pandas to just go to, they're pretty much just fucked. Yeah, they like, are. Actually, the the world is waiting to find out what's going to happen, and China is apparently coming up with plans. I say apparently because they haven't revealed well, they have anything like, yet. I'm sure they probably just plan on moving them to a different... I right. think that's what they are going to do, But and we've seen China be able to exert an enormous amount of... Like force, force in like I mean they they stopped the weather for the Beijing Games. Yeah. They're building islands in the South Pacific in the South China Sea. Um, so I believe that they have the logistical capacity to do it. To but move I, some pandas, I think it is it has challenges that neither of those things those things take brute force. This take yeah. thing this takes a lot of finesse moving that many pandas because what's going to happen is we're coming up now since since the the loss of their contiguous territory mm. there haven't been any breedings uh like mass breedings of bamboo yet and but we're coming up on one i think in like the next 20 years oh wow and yeah. so um yeah we'll see what they're able to actually do because that could potentially be you know a catastrophic loss of pandas yeah. In the, but they're already this in the one range in that one part of their range. But yeah, they, in that one. Yeah, it won't affect pandas elsewhere. But like, it's just that there are so few losing that many pandas and losing a permanently yeah. losing that range of pandas would be catastrophic to the species survival. Well, yeah, like there as of 2014, there were 1800 around 1800 pandas in the in the world. Yeah, that's pathetic. But in the 70s, there were a thousand. Like less than a thousand. Yeah. So they are. So they are. They are. They uh, recently got their conservation status was upgraded from endangered to vulnerable. Okay. But it doesn't mean. Soon, but yeah, probably a little soon, especially when you know. Yeah. They're like, they're like the charismatic mega megafauna that that makes everybody want to save everything else too. Yeah, and that's just it. They are very charismatic. Unfortunately, a lot less. A lot of less charismatic animals get forgotten. Yeah. Insects, amphibians, and bats are dying off in droves right now, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And they just don't have the same charisma as pandas or blue whales. They're just so cute, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> True. It is. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about some pandas in captivity and panda breeding? Oh, yeah. And panda diplomacy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, uh, uh, pretty soon. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's really tough to breed pandas in captivity. Yep. Because notoriously, yeah, the panda female pandas are only in heat two or three days a year. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I had no idea it was that bad. Yeah. Holy cow, yep. what that it's nuts. And you know why I imagine is because like it takes resources to, oh, to yeah. ovulate, like it yeah. that like takes everything a lot of in resources, their whole life, calories. They're they're building they're like, up each year. Docile. They're they're just eating eating away at that <laughs> celery just to build up enough <laughs> calories to menstruate once. Yep. That's how poor their diet is. Yeah, and they're fertile they for less than a week. They can afford to do it once a year. <laughs> um, then the embryo enters a state of suspended animation, and it will only become implanted if food is plentiful. <laughs> <laughs> So even then, they're even like, well, then. I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, know, guys. I don't know. We're just, 
We're just seeing <laughs> if it goes well. Yeah, we can't. Jeez, it's just like they're just like it's just like waiting to be aborted. <laughs> Twenty-two weeks in me? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm gonna have to eat twenty. I'm gonna have to eat forty five pounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, as of here's a quote from Wikipedia. We gotta get one of those on there. As of 2019, there are 27 zoos in 21 countries that have giant giant pandas. Um, do you want me to read them all? Oh, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Really? Do you want? I'm asking. Should I read them all? Mm, yes, quickly. Okay. Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, China, parentheses, Hong Kong, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, Mexico, the Netherlands, Singapore, South Korea, Spain, Russia, Taiwan, Thailand, United Kingdom, Scotland, and United States. And in China itself, there are 63 breeding centers. Okay. I was mildly surprised by some of those. Yeah, right? Um, so yeah, let's talk about, uh, let's end this episode with Panda Diplomacy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we just talked about how many, uh, zoos there are. Yeah. Um, so those zoos are not allowed to start their own breeding programs. Well, they're not. Well, yeah. Um, they, you're allowed to, you can, you can breed them, but anyway, let's, let's start. Yeah. yeah, We'll get to that. That's Um, right. You can breed them, but they're not yours. Yeah. Well, they're never yours. They're never yours. Every panda in the world is China's. It belongs to China. It belongs to China, and they're given the they're given to zoos as loans. Yes. Um, and the loans stipulate their offspring are also owned by China. Yes. Um. So sorry, I misspoke. You can start a breeding program, but I guess what I meant is. That's not going to produce more pandas for you. Those no. off those babies, as soon as they're done, they're weaned, they go back to China. Yeah, um, in most cases, pandas have been part of China's foreign policy since at least the 1950s. Wow, they yeah. they figured that out early. Yeah, that was like before the Silent Spring came out, and that's when environmentalism like got going. Yeah, they were they were giving pandas as gifts until pandas were officially declared endangered, and it looked tacky. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. So they weren't, they hadn't caught on yet. Yeah. Never mind. They were just like straight up like, oh, that one died. We'll send you another. <laughs> but then they got even really, really more smart about it because the returning zoos, the people who like get the, the pandas pay a million dollars a year in fees for each individual. Oh, shit. And so when you go to the zoo, like 90% of your ticket price, if there's a panda there, is going to pay for the panda. Yeah. But I mean, China uses the money well. It like helps panda conservation and stuff like that. Oh, right on! And their own breeding centers and stuff. But if there's a cub, there's a cub tax of four hundred thousand dollars. What's that mean? Um, so like, like it's not your panda, but since it happened, since you got a panda born in your in your country, you have to pay four hundred thousand dollars. Four, yeah, four hundred thousand dollars. Are they? Is it like? I'm not sure. Like, is it like you're welcome that it's not? (laughs) Yeah, maybe a million. Yeah, probably. Is it? It's okay. It's like, hey, you have another panda. And they're probably not gonna. But you know what? You made that panda, so we'll cut six hundred (laughs) thousand off the top of the. You know, it's no big deal. We just need four hundred thousand dollars because you increased this endangered species. Yeah, I watched this whole. There's a really good Vox. Uh, yep. video about, That's why panda, I learned about diplomacy. panda diplomacy as well um here's a quote from it 
Research from Oxford noticed a correlation between panda loans and China's international trade deals. Yep. So, like, if something's going on that they don't really like, they can just be like, no, we're, we changed our mind. We're not going to send you a panda. Yeah, in fact, I think that um, happened in Norway, didn't it? Or I'm was not it sure if it was... It was, not, it was one of the two Scandinavian republics, yeah. Norway or Sweden. That happened to them uh, when they, I think, they basically they, they criticized um, something about, I think it was their human rights okay, policy. yeah. Probably in Tibet mm-hmm. and maybe... Uh, uh, and then they're just like, yeah, no, she, no, no, no. They, they, what it what was, province is it? What Xinjiang? It, what it was is they had Xinjiang. the Dalai Lama. There or something like that. No, they don't have the Dalai Lama. They have the Panchen Lama. No, 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 no. Like they had the. Dalai oh, they hosted Lama. the, they hosted Dalai, the Lama. Dalai Lama. Oh man. Or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Like, nah, that makes that. sense. Yep. You're not gonna get a pan- your panda for another couple months. Oh yeah. According to the Chinese government, the Dalai Lama is a uh, terrorist. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he's the best terrorist ever. I know. He's like the most... I watched him on John Oliver not that long ago. Yeah. And that was one of the best John Oliver interviews. He just makes ever. me smile. Actually, oh god, right? I had this neighbor so um, infectious. I had this neighbor who had a border collie and um back in the day, he was a Chinese student who was going to the UVO. And uh like we always had such a good time and somehow the Dalai Lama got brought up. And he just like started saying shit that was blowing my mind. Like, fuck that guy. Can you imagine like if somebody, if the South broke off from you and then said it was their own territory? And, well, yeah, like, because you have to remember that he grew up believing that Tibet was an integral part of China. Yeah. And in the past, this is not the first time that China has occupied Tibet. It has been occupied in the past. Yeah. But they have their own distinct ethno-linguistic culture. That has been distinct from Chinese culture for thousands of years. Yeah. They are not Chinese. Yeah, I just didn't really want to. I didn't know enough about it to yeah. like, and I didn't want to like spark. Yeah, spark and you know what? Just be diplomatic. Why yeah. not? I was like, like, he was okay. hot, obviously it was a heated issue for him. It's not for you. Yeah, you have different beliefs. Why not just leave it and maintain yeah. that friendship? Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought we were gonna end on the Dalai Lama as a terrorist, but. So anything, anything else you got about pandas? Oh, um, no. Chickens also evolved for bamboo forests, though. Oh yeah, chickens. And uh, yeah. In fact, the the reason they lay so many eggs is because if you just keep feeding a chicken a lot of food, it will just keep ovulating. And the reason it does that is because of bamboo forests. Mm-hmm. Because when they f- seed, they um, seed there's the just time, abundant yeah. food everywhere. And so it behooves the the, the population of the, the chickens and thus the chickens' genes to just breed like crazy and have a population explosion. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're going to have a population decline, but guess what? The best of the best are going to be left. Yeah. Um, same thing happens with rats, and we talked about that in Rat Kings. Yep. The rat floods and shit. It's yeah. Just nuts. If there's a lot of food, they go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you got anything else? Nah. Um. I had fun with this one. Me too. Um... That's it for this episode. Dexplanations is recorded at Rabbit Pen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Art and logo by Monet Moran. We have two new patrons, patrons supporting the show now. Um, 
SB is our new beloved listener, and Brittany McGonigal is the first show's first and only tattoo patron. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's really exciting. I cannot yeah. wait to see this happen. Right. So hopefully so, we're gonna schedule uh, an appointment pretty soon now that you know yeah, what the design is. Um the tentative date is Or uh, is she making the design now that you guys know what the, uh, the we're, subject we're is? We we're deciding it together. Okay. Um <laughs> like what we'll what it's going to be. She's actually being really, really nice because she could make me get a dick that says Dexter sucks me or something. Yeah. She could like, make you get anything. <laughs> well, it's like I, my stipulations are, it can't be racist, homophobic, misogynistic or something. I really disagree I feel with politically. Like the one you just mentioned is kind of homophobic because it implies that that's negative. Doesn't uh, it? Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. So no, I guess I wouldn't do that one. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with sucking dick. No, if that's what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. No, and that's what the person with the penis wants to do too i appreciate that um if everybody wants that penis to be sucked (laughs) go on and suck it yeah that should be that should be our motto that should be that's like a good that's like a good we should just like make that for different genitals different like uh, sexualized (laughs) body parts yeah if everyone wants that pinky toe sucked Go on and suck, suck it. it. <laughs> I want to make a line of Everyone clothes involved. that are just like sex positive in that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks, SB and Brittany. Thank you both. Yeah. Also, thank you for the notes, SB. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry if this episode two was maybe a little interruption heavy. <laughs> I'll do my best. That uh, was funny. But holy shit, yeah, I was a little, I was getting a little pissed off. Um, <laughs> um, so if you want to be a badass supporter of the show like SB and Brittany, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations or leave a review on iTunes. Likely, we got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit, hit me up at Dexplanationspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations or comment on the Instagram. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh, and as for you, you're the best friend anybody could ever ask for. Bye now. Mm-hmm.